Hey, this is Phil Lamar. And this is also Phil Lamar. And you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host Lance. It's Thursday, so we're going to talk some history. And all week we've been talking about directors and everything. And today I wanted to kind of look at the history of uh, directors and the jobs they've had and everything. Um, Sir Tyrone Guthrie, who is credited as being the one of the most influential British stage theater directors of all time and he's done some amazing stuff some of the people everybody we talked about today like we could do a whole week of stuff on but sir guthrie once said the only way to learn how to direct to play is to get a group of actors simple enough to allow you to direct them and direct got a lot of flack for that one but that's you know kind of how uh, a lot of directors, or stereotypical directors, you know, we see th- that entitlement and everything. But what is a director? Well, obviously, you know, film directors, I think nowadays we have a pretty solid understanding of what that is and everything. But directors were around way, 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 thousands and thousands of years before film was around. You know, going all the way back to ancient Greece. And this is where plays and drama and everything... Uh, first started to unfold if you remember you know high school and what you learned back then uh, you, the, all these great great plays at the time and in ancient Greece the writer would be you know obviously wrote the play but then was also kind of in charge of staging it and the, where the actors stand and what they need to do and everything actors were actors you know so they knew what to do the director kind of oversaw the whole thing and back then the director would start even back with the writing process though and like kind of even though the writer wrote it be like okay hey you know what are we doing this is what we where we need to go and everything and even when the play was produced uh we're not talking producers today that's a whole another can of worms but when it was being produced they would act in it too so nowadays people like kevin smith like clint eastwood Uh, all these people who direct themselves, you know, that's an ancient art. But they they would do that, and then they would also sometimes write the music and teach the music to the chorus, which the chorus is a choir. You know, ancient Greece, that would be the background music, and he would kind of sing stuff in between. I mean, so old-school directors did every single thing and you know it's important because at the time they called directors didaskalos. Didaskalos. That's a fun word. Uh, which is the Greek word for teacher. So, you know, they taught everybody. They taught the chorus, they taught the actors, taught the writer, everything, which is super impressive. But then as time went on, you know, let's fast forward a few thousand years to medieval times. This is when you had miracle plays or mystery plays you they kind of can use either one but most of the time these were based on the bible and everything and and stories from the bible there wasn't a whole lot of shakespeare that comes later but uh 
since there wasn't a big theater scene in medieval times, you know, despite what you might have seen at the Ren Fair and stuff, uh, since there wasn't a scene, they didn't have theater houses. You know, even ancient Greece had theater uh, houses or studios or what you know, uh, whatever you want to call them. And in medieval times, they just kind of traveled around and did whatever. But since a lot of these were biblical plays, you know, it would maybe like uh, the crucifixion where Jesus is walking through a crowd. So they had to handle extras and things, something that modern directors do. Uh, there, there's a really cool painting I found on Wikipedia from Jean Fauquet, where it shows a director like has his giant book out and a big stick, like pointing at everybody and and directing them. And uh, it, I don't know, it's kind of cool. But during this, they were also set builders. You know, like I said, there's nowhere for these plays, so they're in charge of getting the sets built and taken down and everything and having to do all of that. Um, and then casting and directing all your actors. And even they, they also kind of played the role of narrator, too. They would come out during the intermissions and the before and after and kind of say what was going on, what needed to happen and stuff. Um, so then we get to the Renaissance. And so I guess depending when your Ren fair takes place. But uh, this, for hundreds of years, like really up until uh, the time of Tyrone Guthrie, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s, the, there was an actor-manager uh, who was also the director. And so what this was would be the senior most or most important actor in a in that traveling troupe. They were in charge of not only acting, they handled all the money as the manager and everything and what plays they would do and what acts they would do. Um, and then, But they were also the director too, so they handled all of it. And hundreds and hundreds of years it was like that. So when you see like in westerns uh, tombstone let's take tombstone for example in tombstone when you get that scene at the first where billy zane and uh, uh dana i just blanked her name she's lois lane in all the animated stuff but dana delaney that's her name you know they show up and they have like the different segments but then they also kind of work together um that's what they would do the actor manager director and so that's kind of neat but then you have modern theater and a lot of this is attributed to george ii the duke of sex meningen and meningen i don't know uh meningitis i don't i don't know but he so this is when we have you know actual productions and they have homes for them uh, in, in like Shakespeare time and we haven't talked a lot about Shakespeare on the show you know we're almost 1300 episodes in and we haven't talked a lot about Shakespeare uh, we've talked infinitely more about like Kevin Smith uh, because I I have some issues with like was Shakespeare real who was he blah 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 so his, his whole corner of theater director writer and stuff we're just in case you're wondering why I haven't talked about it, that's why. Because there's so much mystery um, and falsehoods and maybe falsehoods around it. But anyway, 
George Part D, he would go on and basically create the modern theater. And under him, this is where we get people like Erwin Piscotter, Max Reinhardt, who Max Reinhardt is a genius. I just want to say I love uh, Max Reinhardt is the reason we have the, even though he only did one film, uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, he was the guy that kind of trained all of those early German film directors and everything. Um, so, he, yeah, it's awesome. But anyway, so then we have, you know, like our modern understanding of theater directors, and that's cool. And it, in the early 1900s, you know, 1930s, 40s and stuff, you had radio come on the scene. And directing a radio play is, you know, it's the perfect blend of television and of a play because you have, like, the technology to do sound effects and all this kind of stuff, but you're still, in, I don't know, I love old-time radio shows. Um, we talk about those more than we talk about Shakespeare. And this is where, like, Tyrone Guthrie comes in. He ran BBC's radio stuff. He was actually one of the very first writers ever to write plays for radio and not for the stage. So that's pretty cool. And then, of course, arguably the most infamous theater-slash-radio director is the amazing Orson Welles. And... You know, he got started with, like, the Mercury Theater and everything, uh, the Federal Theater Project, you know, all of those. He, he did so many amazing things. They were like, okay, come come to radio. And that's when you got Mercury Theater on the air. And, again, he did so many <laughs> ingenious things there, you know, War of the Worlds and everything, that... They said, come to Hollywood, and that's where you get Citizen Kane, which is considered the best movie of all time, and so many amazing things. Um, I would recommend that if you have, I mean, let's be honest, you have a smartphone, everybody has a smartphone, download OTR Player, it's the old-time radio player, and you can listen to so many great radio shows to kind of get a better understanding, and then it, it's free. I don't make any money off of it or anything. Um, I know there are some streaming services that do exclusively plays and theater productions, and those are really cool too. Um, but if you go back a few weeks, well, I guess this was October, a few months at this point, we did a whole week on plays and stuff. Maybe you want to go check those out because I had a play produced last year, so it was really cool. But... Anyway, the director as we know it has a long history in theater and on stage and stuff, whether it be creating the music and acting in the plays themselves or narrating the plays or whatever it takes, they've always done it. And so, I don't know, directors are really cool and I can't wait for tomorrow's show, which if you haven't guessed it, we're going to have an awesome, awesome music director on the show. I got to interview him. And it was a lot of fun. We geeked out about everything from French film to Frank Sinatra to, I mean, you name it. it Sci-fi stuff, superheroes. It was a blast. So tune in tomorrow for that. Uh, otherwise, though, that's going to do it for me today. Make sure you follow us on all social media. Just look for The Night Nerd. Except on Twitch, where we are Night Nerd Podcast. Long story. 
Email me if you have questions, comments, concerns. Nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Otherwise, I'm Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.